Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. Today is about desperation. And I feel like he's giving us a taste of this in our times of gathered worship. When we're gathered together in this space to lift our voices and to worship him, there's a growing sense of hunger. And it delights Sarah and I's heart to know end that we are journeying life with people who are hungry for the presence of God. He's making Sarah and I hungry, making us less attracted to lesser things, and realizing that Jesus' words are words of life, and that when we're desperate for him, He like pounces on that. He's like a magnet to desperate hearts. And I've just found as I am willing to humble myself and realize that my agenda is not the the best agenda, that, that the way that I like things to run isn't necessarily the way that God wants things to run. And I just submit under that, that his favor comes upon us. As a community, as an individual, I, um, I find that it's, it's hard. It's, when life is difficult, it's hard to admit that I'm desperate for God. And yet, this place of desperation is where um, the Holy Spirit does his best work. In desperate people, in desperate churches, the goodness of God is revealed to those groups and to those individuals. It's always the desperate ones throughout history in the church who lead out in revival and renewal and change and transform cities. It's always the ones who recognize their need for Jesus alone, who pray, Come, Holy Spirit, I'm weak. Come, Holy Spirit, help. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. And who are willing to admit their need for Jesus. It's always those ones Jesus imparts his favor and his goodness through and to. You know, Jesus is talking um, to his disciples and he's talking about his death and a time when he will no longer be with the disciples. And in John 14, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth, who will never leave you. Jesus is talking about a time after his time on earth, when he ascends to the Father, as Karen reminded us this morning, that he sat down, his work is finished. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. And in that moment, Pentecost comes to the church in Acts 2, which we'll hear about next Sunday. And this advocate is given to 
the early church is this, this person of the Holy Spirit is given to the church, is given to the earth. And you may have different translations for the person of the Holy Spirit. Some might say a comforter, he's a comforter. Some might say that Jesus said he'll send a friend, others an advocate. It's not really a word we use so often unless it's in a, like a, a judicial context. Somebody's advocating for someone else, a defendant or a plaintiff or something like that. <clears throat> but the Greek word for who the Holy Spirit is this person who will never leave you and I, is parakletos. And what parakletos means is one who is summoned to come alongside of you and aid you. So whether you want to call him the friend, the friend, the advocate, the comforter, he's someone who Jesus has sent straight from Jesus, equally God, from the courts of heaven to come alongside people like you and I and to come to our aid and who will never, ever, ever leave you. You know, a friend of mine said the other day that there's this scripture, this prayer of David in the Psalms that says, please God, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And the good news for us this morning is that, yes, we can still pray that prayer. That's still a good one to pray. <laughs> don't stop praying that. But the good news for us this morning is that Parakletos is here, one who is summoned to come alongside and to help, that he will never, ever ever leave. It's no longer one priest once a year with a rope tied around his foot who enters into the most holy of holy places, but access is given always to the presence of God. And the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you if you claim Jesus. And he will never, ever, ever, ever leave you. Never. No matter where you find yourself, He's there. By his commitment, his covenant, his promise, he's there. Are you fearful or anxious this morning? Call on Parakletos. Summon Holy Spirit from within. Holy Spirit, I need your help. I'm fearful about this situation or of this person or of whatever it is. I'm anxious. I feel myself in knots inside and I don't know how to get myself free of anxiety. Holy Spirit, come. Set me free from fear. Your perfect love drives out fear. Your perfect love dispels anxiety. Come, Holy Spirit. Are you isolated? Do you feel alone and lonely? Pray, come Holy Spirit. Be my friend. I need a fr I really need a friend. Holy Spirit, be my friend. Lead me, guide me out of isolation. Surround me with your people, Holy Spirit. I don't like feeling isolated. Bring folks into my life who love me the way that you do. 
Are you stressed, overwhelmed? Do you feel guilty or ashamed? Pray, come Holy Spirit, set me free from shame. Wash away my guilt. This prayer, come Holy Spirit, you won't find specifically in the pages of Scripture. You won't find it explicitly in the pages of Scripture. Pray this, come Holy Spirit. You know, it was the Catholic tradition that introduced this in writ form in the 15th century. And the reason why they did it is, is because they found this prayer, come Holy Spirit, implicitly in everything that Jesus said. In John, when Jesus said, I only do and see and speak and hear what the Father is doing, seeing, speaking, hearing. I only do those things. We hear the prayer, come Holy Spirit. In the stories of the Old Testament of desperate people and desperate nations, we hear the prayer, come Holy Spirit. So this is good news that we have a comforter, a helper who will never, ever, ever lead, leave us. But what I find working out in my life, and I wonder if any of you can relate, is that when I'm in the pit, when I'm desperate for God, He's the last thing that I reach out for. I'll search for lesser things to save me. I'll search for the things that, keep, that have no power to deliver me. Why? Because I don't want to admit my vulnerability and rely on Him and go to the true source. We'll search for anything so long as it's not the Holy Spirit. We'll look to family members or to friends to save us. We'll expect our pastors, our leaders to lift us out of the pit. We're really content to call on lesser things to do what they inherently can't. When the whole time Jesus is like, when you're desperate, I'm... I'm magnetized by that. That's the place where I um, pour favor. That's the place I respond to. When you pray, come Holy Spirit, I don't know where else to go. Jesus, you have the words of life. That's where I come. But we're quite content to like look for other things to save us or to lift us out of a pit that they inherently can't. We try to numb pain. We try to escape pain. We project our pain onto other people. We project desperation onto other people and expect them to, to drag us out of the pit and to save us with, you know, who? Other men and women who can't do that, who aren't strong enough to do it. We numb it with substance. We numb it by shopping. We numb the desperation that God has inherently built us to, to function that way so that we can encounter Him. Until we grow desperate for the presence of God, we will not encounter the Holy Spirit 
And we only encounter the Holy Spirit on his terms. And his terms are that uh, he lands on the desperate. Jesus said he didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. He, he, didn't, he didn't come to save those who think that they're already saved. He didn't come to save the strong. He came to save the weak. He didn't, he didn't come to, um, to provide solution for, for the ones who think that they've already got it figured out. He came for the ones who are confused and who don't know any better and who are desperate. So this prayer, come Holy Spirit, is really a prayer of desperation. We love to gather on Sundays and we love to sing, come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. I wonder how many of you have experienced how tough that is to sing and pray on Friday when you're all alone, nothing's going right at work, your family's a mess, You've made a couple of bad decisions. It's really difficult to pray, come Holy Spirit, there. So what does it look like then? What does it really look like to pray prayers of desperation, to acknowledge that desperation, to see where and who we really are? To pray, come Holy Spirit, I need you, is a good place to start. There's three separate ones that I felt like the Holy Spirit was landing on for us this morning. And the first one is, come Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you. It's a difficult thing to admit that we need or that we lack resource. It's a difficult thing to say, you know, I really didn't pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I need God in my life. It's a difficult and humbling thing to pray that. If you receive a decent paycheck and you've got wheels and... You know, your life is generally privileged compared to 99% of, of the globe. I'm guessing because you're here this morning. You know, out of the 9 billion people that are on the face of the earth right now, you, each one of you, is in the top, like, half percent of the globe. And so it's difficult to pray, come Holy Spirit, I need you. Because we think that we have all that we need in other things. But our need is for God. Like we read from Mark 2, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. And in Matthew 5, check out what Jesus says. God blesses those who are poor and realizes their need for Him. For the kingdom of heaven is there. Do you, 
Let's pause for a second and let Matthew 5, 3 just sink in a little bit and what Jesus is implying there. What he's actually saying is that when you and I realize that we have nothing and are nothing, in exchange, God gives us everything. Right? Jesus says the Father's pleased to give you the things of the kingdom. He's pleased. It's His good pleasure. Who? Who? Those who are poor and realize their need for Him. Those who are desperate. To those who are desperate, Jesus gives everything. Everything. That's so profound what Jesus is saying about the nature of human beings and how He's created us. The King of Heaven, all that Heaven has to offer is ours only when we recognize our need for Him. This is, this is deeply profound what Jesus is getting at right here. We could spend years just parked on Matthew 5.3. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. That's a desperate prayer to pray. Because so often we're not willing to admit that we have need and we lack resource. Vineyard Cleveland, let's be a, a church who is desperate enough to pray, come Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you. The second one is come Holy Spirit, help me. This one's my favorite. I lifted this from a friend of mine who in the middle of some of my worries would just say, blah, 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 I don't want to hear it. Let's just pray. Jesus, come. Jesus, help. And I'm like, come on. More soaking prayer. No, Jesus, help. 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 Have you ever been to a place in your life where you pray, come Holy Spirit, help, where you're all out of words and you just pray, come Holy Spirit, help. Help me. I need help. This is a tough one for us Americans to pray as well. And I think it centers, you know, see prayer number two. See prayer number one. <laughs> right? Because it's, it's difficult for us to ask for help. We want to think we... I don't need any help, you know. It's difficult for us to receive help when someone is kind and they, they, they cook you dinner and they bring it over to your house. What do you feel rising up inside of you as an American? You're like, oh, I've got I've to do something back for you or I, I don't want to receive that dinner from you. Like, what did I do to deserve this? I didn't do anything to earn this. You know, when someone shows you kindness, it's difficult to pray, come Holy Spirit, help me. Come Holy Spirit, help me. And it's, it's difficult to receive help or to, or to put ourselves in a frame of mind where we're actually saying, yes, I'm willing to receive the help that you provide, Lord. 
It's a difficult space in prayer to be in and to pray. James says in uh, his epistle, if you need wisdom, you could sub out help there. <laughs> if you need help, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask Him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. There's desperation again. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they're unstable in everything that they do. And the landing place for this one is that sometimes it's not as difficult to ask for help It's more difficult because we place expectations on God on how we see fit for how we need to be helped. And the picture is this. We do this all of the time. We do this all of the time. The picture is this. You are hanging on the edge of a cliff with your fingers, and you're about to plummet. Unless you're Alex Honnold, then you can climb El Capitan without any ropes or chains and you're just fine. But none of us are Alex Honnold. And we're hanging by our fingers on the edge of a cliff. And we're about to fall. And we're like, help! Help me! I need help! We're calling out for help. And a friend or a stranger comes to the side of the cliff and he sees us or she sees us hanging by our fingernails by the edge of this cliff. And he's like, hold on. And he grabs the rope back here and ties it around a rock and he brings it over and he throws it down to us and the rope slaps us on the back and we're, sit- and we're like, no, not with a rope. Not, not with a rope. A bucket. I, I, I need a bucket, not a rope. Please, I don't, I don't need that kind of help. I'd like a bucket, please. A bucket would do it. And so maybe you hang there a little bit longer by your fingernails, and the stranger says, oh, okay, no rope, we just got to get you out of there. Hold on, pulls the rope back and grabs a bucket and brings the bucket over and throws it over and and the bucket hits you in the, and, you're, and you're saved, but you say, but, you say, but there's, there's no pillows in that bucket. I can't get in. How can I get in there and be comfortable for the last three feet of being pulled up? There's no, there's no pillows in there. I, I don't need a bucket with no pillows. I'd like some pillows, please. Can you, you know, I've got a meeting at 3 p.m., how, how much longer is this going to take, really, just to get a few pillows? And we do this with God. We play these games with God. We say, help, come Holy Spirit, help. And this is a prayer of desperation. Come Holy Spirit, help me. When we attach zero expectations and trust Jesus, that the way He helps is going to be far better than any way that we could imagine Him helping us. The timing of when 
and who and where are better left in Jesus' hands than in our expectations. That one didn't land as it should have. The, so I'll say it one more time. Because I need to hear this for my own soul. Because that was really good. <laughs> the way that Jesus helps is far better in timing with people in his, it's better left in his hands than our expectations. Edit. For, edit for Twitter. Better left in his hands than our flawed expectations of how we think he should help us. Have any, have any of you played that game with God and realized that Jesus is so kind, He'll leave you with your expectations? How has that worked out for you? Your expectations about how He should, how he should come to your aid? How has that worked out? Great. Finally, Come, Holy Spirit, I'm weak. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, Holy Spirit, help me. Come, Holy Spirit, I am weak. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, I was given a thorn in my flesh three different times. I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best. Paul says this is straight from the lips of Jesus. That's a gem from the lips of Jesus. My power works best in weakness. My power from Jesus. My power works best in weakness. Ugh. I don't like that. I don't like that. At all. One bit. In weakness, really, it has to be that way, Jesus. My power works best in weakness. So let's let that one settle as we move into ministry time as we move into praying these prayers, I want to invite you to stand. All of this is worship. We're not necessarily moving on to the next thing, right? But all of this is worship. And I wonder how many folks this morning through sung worship, through receiving communion when you did, through the giving of the word of Scripture, have sensed desperation rising in you. And you know, sometimes this can be a really manipulative moment in the church. 
Oh, get desperate for God. And that's not what this is. I just, I just want... Uh, um, I'd just like to see Jesus have his way in making us desperate for him. There's a hunger that's rising across folks' lives in our church, and I believe it's such a healthy thing that's happening. And Sarah and I, as I started this morning by saying, we're really excited that he's making us desperate. In no other context, in, in relationships, what do we tell people through high school and in college relationships when we're talking with friends about boyfriend, girlfriend? We're like, don't, don't act desperate. Like, don't do that. <laughs> like, you don't, wanna, you, you don't want them to know that, right? But here in this context, it's the place that Jesus bestows favor and his goodness and his grace when we are desperate for him. So I just wonder how many folks are desperate this morning and how many folks are willing to be vulnerable and say, come Holy Spirit, help. Come Holy Spirit, I need you. Come Holy Spirit, um, breathe on us. Come Holy Spirit, I'm weak. 